the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Streaming now on the KFAX app and the Odyssey app. Portions of our programming may be pre-recorded. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. Well, it's a delight and a joy to have a very special guest with us. And uh, certainly longtime listeners will recognize his voice as the host of Bay Area and Beyond. Also serving as one of the hosts of the Pastors Forum. And it's a delight to have with us on the program today, the lead pastor of One Church of American Canyon, Reverend Dr. Terrence Nichols. Pastor Nichols is a graduate of Simpson University in San Francisco and has got many, many years experience in everything from overseas missions work to local church ministry. And Dr. Nichols, what a delight to have you on the program today. Now tell me just as a sort of a lead off question, I understand that recently your church had to undergo some repair work to its foundation and that kind of was used by the Lord to open up some other exciting doors that we'll get into in a moment. But meanwhile, tell us what happened. I understand you had some foundation repair work that needed to be done, which kind of required finding, at least for a short while, a new temporary church home. Tell us what happened. Thank you so much. We asked one of our sister churches uh, in American Canyon, uh, could we come out and worship with them? And they said yes. And so two weeks before it was time for us to come out, their pastor called me and said, I just resigned today. <laughs> so I, we, of course, call our district superintendent and he said, you know, you are a seasoned senior pastor. I'm handling some fires right now. Can you just go out and, and just pastor? They need a pastor and you need a building. So it's a perfect scenario. And we did that, Craig, after four months of being out there. We knew that God was up to something big And so we were there celebrating their 30th year church anniversary with them. We were all worshiping together. And one of the senior most members got up and said, Pastor Nichols, we are so glad that you all are here. And we are praying for your building project at your other site. We're praying that it'll never happen. (laughs) (laughs) That it'll never be completed because we're so happy to have you here. And that opened the door for us to really start discussing what the Lord was showing us all. And after a year or so of just fellowshipping together, they officially asked me to become their pastor. And then we began to talk about merging the churches together. So this is a slow, this is a slow, intentional walk of merger. And then COVID happened. (laughs) And I thought that all of our plans were, you know, smashed and uh, and over. But God knew what he was doing. It was because of COVID, it brought us together for survival. It brought us together to use the skill sets that we all needed to become one. And we became one mentally and spiritually and emotionally through COVID. And so, of course, after COVID, We went on to uh, change the name and merged officially. 
And so we are now one church of the Christian and Missionary Alliance. So thank you for allowing me to explain that. Well, and, and I love that sense of the churches coming together, pooling resources, getting creative, taking a very, as you say, intentional, deliberate approach to all this. Because sadly, we hear of stories all the time of a church that just kind of gets tired and maybe leadership steps down, retires, whatever the case might be. And the inclination is just to kind of raise the white flag and that's the end of it. And so to maintain that spiritual legacy that each of these congregations have enjoyed and to continue to see that that forward momentum, uh, I, I think is encouraging. And, and I absolutely love the name because as I said in the opening remarks, it really is indicative of an answer to Christ's prayer that we all might be one. And I, and I think too, that sense of unity, let's face it, we look at what's going on in the world today. We know that the enemy is continuing to try and sow seeds of discord, not only in the church, but all around us. I mean, he's about trying to make as much of a difficult time for us as he possibly can. But at the end of the day, of course, we've read the book. We know how the story ends. We know who's in charge. Spend some time, if you would, Pastor, and just talk about some of the challenges that you've seen in relationship to pastoring as we talk about what we see in society today, you know, I remember my my folks used to kid about, well, you've got it so much easier. When I was a kid, I had to walk, you know, 10 miles in the snow uphill to school every day and 10 miles in the snow uphill back home every day. How it was uphill both ways, I never quite did understand. Right. But I think about the comparison of the challenges that our folks saw versus we ourselves and future generations. And my, my, if you look at what's going on in entertainment, you look at the violence in the streets in places like Vallejo and Oakland and elsewhere around the Bay Area. And I think we really begin to get a glimpse of the fact that this is, in the truest sense of the word, spiritual warfare. It truly is. And I began this um journey of what I call multicultural ministry uh, back in San Francisco uh, when I was asked to be the pastor of a church. And they had um, perhaps 20 Italians and two uh, Latino or or Hispanic uh, families. And they promised, they said, Craig, we do have one African-American family. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and, but they were on vacation when I came to preach. I didn't believe them. <laughs> and I said, God, is this where you are asking me to pastor? And he said, yes. And I, he had built some multicultural DNA within me. I always had uh, the uh, the desire to travel and to be global and not just local, but global as well. And God did it. And I began to really understand that it was going to be a different kind of ministry if you were going to minister in a multicultural setting. And now we're talking about multicultural congregations because the Philip, the, the church that we merged in with uh, is a uh, 80% Filipino congregation. And so God was preparing me even then for now. And the more I look at the world and the more I look at Vallejo and American Canyon, uh, which if you put those two cities together is probably one of the most diverse uh, areas uh, per population within the entire United States. Now, we can thank God for the Navy for, for doing that uh, way back when, uh, but and we still feel that in Vallejo, but it is an extremely diverse community, uh, um, and they, they are two different communities, Vallejo and American Canyon, as far as eco, uh, economic 
wise, uh, American Canyon is a part of Napa County. But to be able to do that ministry together and bring people from all ethnic backgrounds together is a tremendous, is tremendous uh, task and skill and challenge. I still preach in uh, African-American churches. Uh, my former training was Baptist. And it's easier. It's easier for me to go and preach at a Baptist church. And I know what to say. And I can get an amen. And hallelujah. Everything is good. <laughs> but when you are preaching in this dynamic environment of multiculturalism, it's almost uh, as if it's you, you have to know what not to say. And I have uh, adopted the fact that I am me. I'm going to preach it the way God has gifted me to be able to preach it. But I've also been a student of the word. Thank thank you, Jesus. A graduate of Simpson University, uh, uh, BA when Simpson was in San Francisco, and also my MDiv when uh, they moved to Reading. So I I know how to dissect the word of God. So the two come together. (laughs) The two come together and we create this dynamic And I always say, if you are going to be in a multicultural uh, church environment, God's going to create his own culture, but he also wants the people to be themselves. And so if you come as a Hispanic musician and you do songs in Spanish, come on, do Amazing Grace in Spanish. You know, we may do two verses in Spanish and one in English, and everybody who speaks English is going, what's going on? <laughs> it's, it's like, Greg, when you get on the international flights, and it really, truly is Israeli airline, and so they give you the instructions in all the other languages first, and then finally English is last, <laughs> and you're like, hey, I thought we were first. <laughs> it's an eye-opening experience. And then God comes in the midst of it all, and he says that God is not a respecter of persons, that he wants all men everywhere to be saved and to know him. And we just had communion, and one of the scriptures that we used was First Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 17, where it says, since there is one bread, we are many, we who are many are one body, for we are all, we all partake the one bread. And that is so important. And so when we see, uh, even though California is diverse, we are still a part of the United States of America. And we still see so much divisiveness, yeah. uh, racial divisiveness, ethnic divisiveness, political divisiveness. And sometimes that gets discouraging until I hear the Lord says, but that is why I have you and other multicultural churches here as a light to this darkness. My special guest today, Reverend Dr. Terrence Nichols, lead pastor of One Church of American Canyon. We'll take a brief time out. We'll come back to more of our conversation in just a moment. On Smart Speakers and the Odyssey. San Francisco, Oakland, 
service of Salem Media Group. Matt, I love beating you at Scrabble. That is a 12-letter triple bonus point. Booyah! Hold everything. Spend education? That's not a word. Yeah, it is. I spend a lot of my kids' education, so it's spend education. Okay, I see what you're doing here. Yeah, I know. Backpacks, school supplies, laptops, private school tuition, all that can be really expensive. I get it. But I remember the website pathofftuitions.com. It's a place where you can find dozens of private top quality schools for less than half price. It's what we want to do here at the radio station for every listening. So go to halfofftuitions.com if you want to send your kids or even your grandkids to a great private school and do it for less than half price. Go to halfofftuitions.com. Hold on, hold on. I got it. I got it. I got it. This is great. Spend less education. 16 letters. Booyah. Oh my gosh. Okay. I quit. Halfofftuitions.com. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. Welcome back. Visiting today with Reverend Dr. Terrence Nichols, Senior Pastor of One Church of American Canyon. Dr. Nichols, let's pick things up where we left off a moment ago. And, you know, for so long, a little bit of heaven on earth. Amen. And, you know, for the longest time, there was always a sense of, I think, fear of the unknown, which has driven a lot of this, um, uh, if not outright division, kind of gathering in our own separate corners, so to speak. I, I recall back when he was still alive, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. once observed that America was no more racially divided than at 11 o'clock Sunday morning, <laughs> suggesting Sunday morning. we kind of yes. go and hang with our own, so to speak. But but the interesting thing about what you're talking about in terms of that, that sense of cultural diversity, that for so long, America in particular saw that as a negative. But in fact, it really is a positive because at the end of the day, when we begin to acknowledge that we're all created in God's image. He didn't say some. He didn't single out certain groups, be it denominationally or racially. He said that you are created in my image. And I think it is right and proper for the church here on earth to look like what the church is going to look like in heaven. Because yes. there's not going to be any dividing lines there. We're all going to be as one. And so I think that sense of being stretched a bit here is a good thing and and I you know as much as you talked about the intentionality of the, of the mergers that have taken place with your congregations do you think pastor we also need to be intentional when it comes to understanding each other and beginning to appreciate not only the cultural differences but the richness that that brings to every one of us but that we have to be purposeful in the way in which we view others and engage in that sense of oneness do you think that's true oh it's absolutely true and this comes, I believe, in a scene in our food choices at uh, church potlucks. Now that we can have potlucks again <laughs> and and always say, hey, uh, at our church, you may have collard greens and pancid. You know? <laughs> we bring it all, you know, Absolutely. and we want it. And certainly uh, even in the style of music choices, um, and, and this is minimal, minimalizing it, but I hope that it uh, shares a picture that uh, my African-American praise and worship team, you know, they, they can get the beaten, uh, keep it going. 
And my Filipino worship team, they slow it down. It's Islander style and, oh, it's so relaxed. And and I I, I challenge them. I, I tell the Filipino team, hey, uh, add an upbeat song. You know, uh, I love what you do. Add one upbeat. And I tell my African-American crew, hey, slow it down a bit. <laughs> you know, add a, a slower song. And so it's our, our challenge to understand who is in the listening audience, who is our uh, congregation. And let's try to meet that and what I see is I see uh, the uh, our Filipino group uh, that was uh, a part of the other church and now we're all together I see them clapping and, and they're clapping on the beat they're clapping in beat in rhythm whoa <laughs> and they're loving that fast music and I see our African-American mostly African-American congregation their hands are up in worship with the slower songs when it's our Filipino uh, praise team. And, of course, nobody is upset about the food choices. <laughs> <laughs> it's like going to a smorgasbord. I love it. Yes, it's wonderful. It's wonderful. Years and years ago, I had the opportunity to visit the church for the first time of what later became a dear friend, John Garlington, who used to pastor Maranatha Worship Center up in Portland, Oregon. And on a Sunday night, they would get the congregation together, and it was very casual. By the time the evening had ended, there was a Jericho march around the church, generally led by the pastor and the worship team up on the uh, the podium area there was just going at it like nobody's yes. business. There was joy and enthusiasm. And for this little kid raised in a mainline denominational church where we would come out with a meter to measure the sound level so it didn't get too high <laughs> to, right. to, to, to offend the sensibilities of the elderly folks in the congregation, it was an entirely new experience. But I look yes. at that, look back on that with such a tremendous sense of joy because it's added so much to my own worship life in the ensuing years. And I think there's there's much, you know, we, we oftentimes fear the unknown, and yet there is so Ooh. much that we can learn from each other. I think that those yes. blended experiences, that, that, that none of us have faced the same struggles per se, but we've also all faced struggles. And maybe one we of the things that God wants us to do is to learn from each other. I think about that passage in Scripture about iron sharpening iron and coming up with yeah. one another and challenging one another, exhorting one another, encouraging one another, occasionally when necessary, rebuking one another. But that really is all part of that, 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 that broader training ground. Because we're just we're just passing through here, right? This is this is really That's training true. for what will eventually be eternity. And so I, I suspect as we look at these things, instead of approaching them with a sense of fear or kind of saying, no, I, I don't understand it, therefore I don't want to be involved, we instead say, Lord, what can you show me? What can we learn from each other? Because when we teach each other and we grow together, the church becomes stronger and we become a force to be reckoned with. I just have to wonder if maybe some of the, the kind of division around the periphery that we've talked about in our conversation today has not been used by the enemy to hinder the effectiveness of the church, because we've got so caught up in all of this, this, this stuff that divides us that we're not focusing on what unites us. So true. And I have often related it to the, uh, the comparison of marriage between a man and a woman. Uh, they come from different backgrounds, different families, uh, even if it's two Caucasians getting married or two African-Americans getting married. They still come from different family backgrounds and different family dynamics. And one uh, question that I love to ask 
in premarital counseling just to show the difference. And now the unity that has to be is, okay, so you're getting married in May. Where are you spending Christmas? (laughs) And so... She says, oh, at my family. That's what we always do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he says, well, uh, we were going to my, I thought we were going to my family's house because that's what I always have done. And so even in the human relationship of marriage, we find that we have to talk. We have to make compromises. We are becoming one uh, if, as we take those vows together. But it doesn't happen automatically. It happens over time as we intentionally ask questions like, where are we going to spend the holidays? And we talk it out as a couple, and God ends up creating a new dynamic for that family, for that couple. And that's what God does in uh, bringing families of God together as well. One of the interesting dynamics that is happening, and I've had a little consultation uh, experience uh, being a consultant with some of the pastors in San Francisco area. Um, Some of them are Hispanic and some are African-American pastors. But, you know, when I was living in San Francisco, the population was at least uh, 14 percent African-American. And now it's down to some say four, some say three percent. And you have. Uh, people who this was my home church along the Hunters Point uh, corridor or Fillmore corridor. And now they're living in Antioch. They're living in Pittsburgh and pastors are finding that, yeah, maybe I can I'll see them, you know, once a month now and their churches are dwindling. And then COVID hit. Well, who is around you? Hispanic people are around them. And uh, Arab people are around them. Chinese, uh, Asians are around them. How are we reaching the neighborhood? You will be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem and in Samaria and all Judea and in the uttermost parts of the world. And so how are you ministering to those who are around you? And pastors have some creative ways in which they are witnessing and welcoming uh, other ethnicities around them still uh, perhaps have a strong uh, African-American style. And thank God for that. Still have a strong uh, message of hope and reaching the community. But now the community has changed. But, you know, I think that's a good thing. Uh, you know, Scripture exhorts us to, to kind of continue your thought. Scripture exhorts us to go ye into all the world and preach yes. the gospel. Maybe we're failing to recognize what a tremendous level of favor that God has shown the church uniquely in the San Francisco Bay Area. Because for most people in most of the world, they have to go out to reach the world. But God has brought the world to us. The world is at our doorstep. How can you reach other tribes, other tongues? Open your front door. We talk about this a lot on the program because I, yes. I, I think it's something that instead of looking at it as a, as a challenge or as a negative, in fact, is a very positive thing. And, you know, the old adage, grow where you're planted. And so if you open the front door one day and say, wow, it looks nothing like it did 30 years ago, 50 years ago. But here we are. Nevertheless, Lord, what can we do to disseminate the gospel and to impact our own neighborhood? You want to reach the world for Christ? Just open the front door. That is so true. Man, what a great segue. I just had a call from a pastor in Antioch, California, and he said to me, he he called me, he said, I attended one of your seminars on multiculturalism uh, in the church. 
he said it was 20 years ago, and this was in Ohio. Uh, this was a national alliance conference. And he said, I attended the seminar and everything you said, I said to myself, well, that doesn't apply to me because I'm in suburbia and everybody around me is the same, you know, so I don't have to, uh, if I reached out to the people in my neighborhood, they're all the same. And I said, yeah, we don't want to bust people in. And he said, but it's 20 years later now. <laughs> <laughs> and the people around me is different. And he wanted just some, I guess, some sensitivity checkpoints to say, is how do you think about this? And what do you think about that? And we had a great conversation. And his um, and he said, the, the, the thing that is so different now is that not only are they around me, but the people in my congregation, the next generation, their wives, their girlfriends are different ethnicities. Their, their grandbabies are now different ethnic people. So the congregation is even more understanding and more welcoming of it. Doesn't mean it won't be difficult, but there is one body, one spirit, one God, one Come Lord on. yep. over us all. And so we must be the church. My special guest today, Reverend Dr. Terrence Nichols, lead pastor of One Church of American Canyon. We'll take a brief time out. We'll come back to more of our conversation in just a moment. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. Welcome back. Visiting today with Reverend Dr. Terrence Nichols, Senior Pastor of One Church of American Canyon. Dr. Nichols, let me ask you this. You know, I was just thinking, you mentioned about the oneness of the marriage union, for example. Or we yes. see the, the oneness of the triune God that we serve. We look at God's or Jesus's prayer that they all might be one. That's a very important number in God's economy. Maybe yes. you know, people say, well, the number seven is very important. Maybe the number one is even more important because we serve one Savior who died only one time on one cross. Get this, but for all mankind oh. in that umbrella of oneness that we yes. all might be coming together as one and worshiping him together as one and so th this is again as we we intimated a, a moment ago i think really an opportunity for the church to grow and to see god do some exciting things if we embrace that sense of one at so many different levels as as you have brought up uh, dr nichols um i think we can really then see the holy spirit move in an incredible fashion and we look at the end times prophecy we look at what's going on in the world around us we get very upset we wring our hands we 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 fret we worry and yet i think god still wants to really do something incredible and wouldn't it be amazing for him to defy everybody by using the greater san francisco bay area as ground zero for a worldwide revival because you know the old adage as california goes so goes the nation as the nation goes so goes the world we've got a reputation for starting some good trends technology things of that sort we also have a reputation for starting some not go such good trends but what a breath of fresh air it would be if the church started looking at herself here in the bay area is not the tail but rather the head and the manner by which god could move on the entire globe in a in a end times revival the likes of which would absolutely blow all of our minds 
It would, it would, and it is happening. It is happening, and as it is often with God, of course, we we see what happened in the book of Acts at the beginning in this huge explosion of uh, people coming to know the Lord, but oftentimes God does things slower. (laughs) He does things more subtle, and he's working within our hearts, and he's working behind the scenes, and people who say yes end up seeing the, the manifestation of it Sometimes a year, two years, three years, we stick with it. And I was just talking to another brother in um, Green Valley. And here's a brother that came out of our uh, church. He's Filipino. He's pastoring in Green Valley. And now he's uh, getting ready to, uh, they've, they've started renting to uh, a mostly Caucasian congregation. And those spirits are the same in so many ways. And they're the same denomination, too. I think Assemblies of God. And what they're thinking about is merging. And I got so excited just to talk to him about that because he came out of this spirit of merging and less working, less work together and less have a cooperative spirit. But there are some things to talk about. We have to sit down at the table and let's reason together with one another. We have to understand the roles. Uh, if there's, uh, if there are two senior pastors, who's going to be the lead pastor? Uh, and when you have been a senior pastor before, sometimes it's very difficult for you not to just call the shot. (laughs) And so you have to intentionally humble yourself and be willing to serve with another pastor, perhaps not as the senior. And so these are all the things we have to talk about. And as in anything, you get a new member in an uh, all-white Caucasian congregation, and perhaps that person cooks spaghetti, but doesn't cook it like you normally cook it, like Sister Rose cooked it. (laughs) So we have to be even welcoming in those uh, homogenous settings as well, uh, especially so in multicultural settings. Uh, I think uh, one of the great things, Craig, is that we do a lot of outreaches in our community. Did it in Vallejo. Now that we're in Vallejo, we are uh, uh, outreaching there. It is so interesting to see the eyes of people when we come or when they come to us and we are doing like we will be doing in October, a harvest festival. And we invite the kids in and the schools in, and we just turn our parking lot into last year. The whole theme was Bible characters. And so instead of having ghosts and goblins and witches, uh, we did Bible characters. And that alone ministered to the people. But when they look at those who are there, oh, Philip, I thought this was a Filipino church. Not anymore. <laughs> I, I thought because it was an African-American pastor that it was an African-American church. No, not exactly. <laughs> and so that itself, the picture of unity and diversity, uh, of unity in our diversity, ministers to people. You know, and, and that dynamic of ministering to people, I think particularly from the viewpoint of of serving and service, so often we and it's you know it's human nature it's our sin nature it's what can you do for me right yes. and yet we're called upon to serve god and in that process he teaches us how to do that by serving one another and i think that sense of humility if we can humble ourselves and look at it as what can i do for somebody else 
that whole, even the discipleship process is so much about service in terms of, of, of leading a young brother or sister in Christ and how to pray, how to worship, how to search the scriptures, all of that, of what it means to be a true disciple of Jesus. Yes. And I think yes. instilling in in all of us that sense of servitude, that that even Jesus took the time to get down on his knees and wash feet Yes. As an example of his, I mean, here's God himself incarnate. Yes. And yet willing to humble himself in, in probably the, 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 the most minuscule of a gesture on the totem pole, so, so to speak, that you could do, washing somebody else's feet. And yet to do that act, to demonstrate to us what that servitude or service to one another would look like and as we i think har- sharpen our skills in serving one another we will more discover what it means to ultimately be in service to him it does and i was going to tell this story and uh, craig you're so good in your segues here uh i think you have a little experience <laughs> uh, i i was a part of a team and we intentionally made it a multicultural team in order to open the mission field for senegal and dakar senegal with the christian missionary alliance and we went over there african-americans our caucasian brothers and sisters everybody and um we wanted to open that field and the, and you know, this is the door of no return uh, where uh, the, uh, this uh, Island where they auction off the slaves and send them over to North America. And the president said, I cannot, he said, God is telling me that we cannot open this field unless we repent of that, which happened, mm-hmm. cleanse it, and move on in another direction. And he, I was the president of the African-American churches for the Alliance at the time. And he said, Terrence, I think it would be symbolic. I don't want to use you. I don't want to put you in the spot. He said, but I would love to wash your feet in front of all of these people. Now, I didn't grow up primitive Baptist, so I didn't know what that meant. But Craig, I said yes, and I went home and I soaked my feet. <laughs> because if these bad boys was coming out before the crowd, you know, <laughs> I thank God he warned me, you know. But for me, it was the most humbling experience to have somebody else serve me in that way and for him, he was crying while he was doing that. And he was a Caucasian brother as the president of the whole alliance. And the place is packed with people from Senegal, uh, missionaries from all over Africa, West Africa, especially. There was not a dry eye in the house. And so if we can be, here's that word again, intentional about showing diverse leadership and showing how Christ at the foot of the cross is level ground. Everybody can come and there's room for more. But the church, I don't think, has been intentional about showing the diversity of of who we are. It's usually uh, all the black folks, let's go. (laughs) All the Caucasian folks, let's go. And when I take uh, teams on the mission field, they are the, 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 the nationals are so shocked that African-Americans and Hispanics and Filipinos and Caucasians are coming together. They never see a diverse missions team. 
And they're very shocked by that. When we go to South Africa, they, their mouths are wide open. But what an opportunity to show diversity and uh, cultures getting along in South Africa with all of the atrocities and racial tensions that they have had. So we have to be intentional. We have to let the world see that we can get along as brothers and sisters in Christ on earth. My special guest today, Reverend Dr. Terrence Nichols, lead pastor of One Church of American Canyon. We'll take a brief time out. We'll come back to more of our conversation in just a moment. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. Welcome back. Visiting today with Reverend Dr. Terrence Nichols, Senior Pastor of One Church of American Canyon. Dr. Nichols, let's pick things up where we left off a moment ago. And, you know, for those, hopefully just a a smattering of people that may be eavesdropping on our conversation this afternoon, Dr. Nichols, and say, well, I'm not so sure about all this. My, My only rejoinder is you better get used to it, because if you expect to be in heaven, this is what it's going to look like. Yes. And that's that's exciting news. So, you know, if, if you want to consider this uh, training for our eventual heavenly destination, so be it. But that sense of intentionality, I think uh, when we do that and we surrender not only to God, but in humility, learn what it is to serve one another. God will use us in an incredible fashion and there will be no stopping his bride. Dr. Nichols, as our time begins to wind down, spend a couple of moments. We we talked earlier on about uh, the merger of the churches and the excitement that's going on. But for folks that are new to the San Francisco Bay Area, maybe looking for a new church home, tell us what they'll find at One Church of American Canyon. One Church of American Canyon is that one church where we are experiencing reconciliation through the cross. One body through the cross. We are uh, many members, but one body. You will experience love. You will experience uh, dynamic music in many different cultural expressions. And we let it rip. (laughs) We just let, let it happen the way you've been gifted to present it. Come on and and teach us. Uh, We have often had on the screen uh, several languages of the same song. One verse we do in Tagalog, one verse we do in Japanese, or and one verse we might do in English. Uh, But that's wonderful. That's wonderful multiculturalism. You will also find a dynamic outreach ministry. We are concerned about the poor. We are concerned about the least of these. And as a a good Christian Christian missionary alliance person of course globally uh we are in uh, 65 different countries and we can easily go overseas and do ministry but what about home he said in jerusalem first so we are local and global in our mindset and outreach so every uh third saturday we are out uh, on the streets in one uh, capacity or another uh we do have a heart for the homeless camps that are around and you're beginning to see so many. And one of the heartbreaking things about the homeless camps is you go one month and then you go back the next month and they're not there anymore. They've, uh, you know, the city has cleaned them out or, or ran them out. And I, I understand the, the legislation of all of that, but that tells me how temporary uh, the, the life is uh, and the housing is for people in these homeless shelters. And we take food, we take the gospel, we pray, we ask people, do they know the Lord Jesus Christ? And it's a marvelous thing to experience. We've also adopted uh, four schools, two in American Canyon and two in um, 
uh, to in uh, Napa. And we supply school supplies to them and we go up and we uh, have different uh, meetings with the uh, young people. We're getting to know American Canyon and uh, we eventually uh, will have people on campus uh, doing hall monitoring and different things of that nature. And because of our volunteering there in the schools, one of the groups, uh, a para, sort of a para school uh, group, uh, wanted to have a summer camp. And they were being displaced uh, in the school. And we were able to come alongside of them. And they had that summer camp at our church this summer. And uh, 20 or more young people uh, tearing the place up for Jesus. <laughs> I love it. And so this is, this, this is the last week for the camp. But what a connection we made with the parents. We made with everyone else. We also wanted to have this year a community cleanup day. So we partnered with Recology, uh, with Starbucks, with Dunkin' Donuts, and so many others uh, uh, provided food. And uh, one of our uh, restaurants provided lunch for the volunteers. But Recology brought three huge dumpsters, and we communicated with the community, bring your junk, bring your trash, and dump it for free. And they did. And to tell you the truth, Craig, I didn't know how this was going to go, but God said, do it. And we launched out and the men sponsored this uh, at our church. There was one story that I will tell you where I went to U-Haul. Uh, they were giving us a truck and other supplies. And I went to take them the flyers. And the guy behind the counter took the flyer and ran out to the lady uh, that was in front of me. And he said, hey, hey, this is what you were asking me about. Here is a lady that had to leave her apartment. Uh, they, she was being evicted because her son did something that he was not legally supposed to do. And so she had to find a new place. And she did not have the money to haul away the junk. <laughs> and so here's this lady in U-Haul. We're ministering to her. She's crying and weeping because God has answered her prayer. And I could tell you stories like that of all the people who came to dump their junk because the church in American Canyon said yes to the Lord. I think those creative ways that allows for community engagement and for a presence of the gospel. You know, we can stand on a street corner and shout out the good news of the gospel. We can go door to door and meet folks. We can share with people that we work with. We can say an encouraging word to the waitress at the local restaurant that seems to be tired and overwhelmed and discouraged. We can we can yes. help a neighbor take a bunch of junk to the trash and all the while take advantage of opportunities, both great and small, to be his witnesses. At the end of the day, Dr. Nichols, it is the greatest example of the church being the church. And I love it. And for folks that would like to get more information about One Church, uh, a couple of things I'll mention. First, service, they meet at 233 James Road in American Canyon. And you can get complete details online by going to One Church CMA, think Christian Missionary Alliance, onechurchcma.org. Dr. Nichols, tell us what the service times are. Service time is at, uh, we have uh, Sunday school that we call uh, Christian Living. That starts at 9 o'clock a.m. 
And then at 1030, we have our morning worship experience. And we uh, have uh, throughout the week, you can check the website, uh, Bible studies. And recently, Craig, we have decided to, we were praying on Saturdays, every Saturday morning. And now we have decided from 7 o'clock until uh, uh, 7.30 every night, Monday through Friday, we will pray. And the saints are there. If you're looking for a praying church, and we're doing this over the phone. <laughs> if you want a praying church, we are that church for you. Exciting things going on. And again, we'll point you to the website to get more information about One Church of American Canyon online at onechurchcma.org. That's onechurchcma.org. And our thanks to lead pastor, Reverend Dr. Terrence Nichols, for being with us. Pastor, always a delight to visit with you. We look forward to the next opportunity. Thank you so much. God bless you. Well, that's going to do it for this edition of Lifeline. Thanks so much for being with us. And if there was anything you heard on today's show that you'd like to hear again or share with a friend, grab a copy of the Lifeline podcast. Simply log on to kfax.com. That's kfax.com for the Lifeline podcast. Our producer is Wanda Sanchez. I'm Craig Roberts. Till next time around, remember, just don't keep the faith. Get out there and share it and make it a great evening. So long. Opinions expressed in the preceding program do not necessarily represent the views of the ownership, staff, or management of KFAX. Copyright Salem Communications, all rights reserved. Streaming at KFAX.com on our mobile app. Tune in, iHeart, and the Odyssey app. KFAX, San Francisco, Oakland, San Jose. Service of Salem Media Group. Sponsored by Hills. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.